Greetings, Noose Little Pod listeners. This is your host, Matt Gore, reminding you to please like, follow, subscribe, and share the podcast on your available podcast apps such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and any other podcast app you can think of. Share our episodes on Facebook and let us know what you think with a comment or review. Now please enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome to Noose Little Podcast. This is an audio program talking about the backstage antics and stories of running a small town community theater on the banks of the Noose River located in Smithfield, North Carolina. We lovingly refer to the old girl as the Hut. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Noose Little Podcast. Thank you for joining us this evening. We have a uh, special episode for you. We've taken a hiatus in June, our first ever hiatus. Because both me and Mita had a lot going on in our everyday lives that we thought it would be a good time just to take an episode or two off, regroup, and then come back strong in July. So, this evening we are going to talk to two ladies about our summer camp program, which just concluded a very successful run uh, these past two weekends. Just wrapped up on June 26th. It was a rousing success. They did uh, Lion King Junior. Kids. Lion King Kids. Lion King kids, and everybody had a great time, but we're going to talk to uh, these ladies a little bit more about that right now. I have across the table from me, her second appearance on the show, the wonderful Patsy Castellano. Hey, Matt. How are you? And then I have this lady to my right here who I've never met before. Could you introduce yourself, ma'am? I'm Karen Mullins. Well, it's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you as well. Thank you for coming on uh, the show for us. It is a hot one today, folks, (laughs) and the air conditioner is not cooperating, so... Oh, it's cooperating. We just didn't, there's no way to have the air conditioner run. It's not right here in this room, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to also turn off the auxiliary AC for sound, so just bear with us, folks. We're doing the best we can. Anyways, let's get into the summer camp. Now, um, Patsy, what what was your participation? You, you were in charge, I guess I should say you were in charge of the summer camp this yeah. year for the first year, but you had helped Ruth several years before that. Get yes. into that a little bit. Yes, I was, I was the director this year. The board asked me to be the director. Actually, Sean Braswell nominated me, and the board was kind enough to trust me with summer camp because we've been shut for two years because of the whole pandemic thing. But yes, I worked, I think I did five of these summer camp musicals with Ruth. That's Ruth Mills, who's now retired and lives in West Jefferson. So as her assistant director and choreographer, I've been privy to how these things go, what kind of organization you need, uh, you know, how it works for the kids. And I was happy that we had Lion King kids version to use because I had done Lion King Jr. and knew that it was a little bit too much material for a two week, four day, four hour a day camp but with lion king kids i thought okay if we can handle the swahili and whatever else is in this junior or this kids version then we can do this for this this camp and so i conferred with karen mullins who is here beside us and sent her a copy of the perusal and she took a look and said yes i think we can do this and we did and the kids were magnificent they were wonderful it was fun it It's great to have summer camp back, and I can't wait to do it again if I am so asked. Why did you contact Karen specifically? Why did I? Yeah, what was her area of expertise that led it to the show? She and I had worked on the previous two musicals. Oh, okay. Right, she was my uh, musical director for Little Mermaid Junior and also for um, Jungle Book Kids. Gotcha, gotcha. So we already had an established rapport. Gotcha. Now, you said uh, that... uh, 
the Swahili was a was a. It's a, obviously that's the African language that uh, is featured in the Lion King. Now, well, how 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 did you know a little bit about that, or how did you come to the conclusion that it wasn't going to be a big deal? I guess I should say. Um, it's it was in limited limited songs. Now I will say that there is Swahili, Zazo, and Zulu. Mm-hmm. There are three different African languages. Right. But um, it was in limited numbers and. I just know that kids pick up on things so much quicker than we do. And it was funny because I'm sitting there going through, I mean, if you look at my score, I wrote every single word under every single, you know, every single note so that I could be exact with it with the kids. And to be honest, all we had to do was go through it and speak it once. They went home, we sang it with, oh, and then we would sing it with the track. They went home, came back the next day, and they had it. And I'm still awesome. stumbling over it. And Disney <laughs> is wonderful. Amazing. Disney's wonderful about providing mm-hmm. guidance for the vocabulary in both CD and, and written word. And they're wonderful about sending uh, rehearsal tracks with the, the vocals already on it mm-hmm. so that the kids can listen. And if most of the kids are, are audio learners, then it's a, it's a really quick way for them to pick it up. Interesting. Interesting. Now, about the rehearsal process, take us through that. What was it like on a day-to-day basis at this summer camp? Well, we started off on Monday with getting to know each other. We did some improv. We broke into groups and did some fun things, So that, and they wore name tags so that we could get to know who everybody was and they could get to know each other. And then we start right off with with the audition process. Just uh, for context, how many kids are we talking here? We have 17 this year, which is low. But considering we've been closed for two years, and that also we required vaccinations, mm-hmm. so we were happy to have our 17, and they were 17 great kids. They were amazing. Yes. So then we did a little bit of singing, and that's very laid back. They could sing whatever they wanted, including just happy birthday, so that we could hear if they could carry a tune, if they had pitch issues, if they, and what their range might be, so that Karen could kind of get an idea as to who could handle what part and that kind of thing. And... Um, you also get a good idea of who has um, is overly nervous and maybe may have stage fright because you might not want to put that child in a role where they'll be, you know, where they'll be frightened. Sing, where they'll be frightened. Yeah. So, but we worked through a lot of that as well. And we did some animal movements so we could see how comfortable they were. Were they going to be embarrassed? Were they just kind of way out there? Because we had a couple of kids that are just wide open movement wise. Oh, they were amazing. They, yes, they had, you know, no fear of being goofy, bringing it, bringing the drama. And so that, that helped us to try to figure out who needs to be where in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then the very next day, they get their script, they get their CD, they get their part, and we get started. Interesting. Now, when it comes to directing kids and directing adults, what are like the key differences there? They can both be difficult for a variety of reasons, but take us through some of the differences. Well, the main difference is that the children haven't had to go to work and work eight hours a day to earn money and then Mm -hmm. come here when they're already tired and maybe the wife or the husband is fussing because they're gone every night for a rehearsal the children come in it's a learning experience that is also fun so they are open Mm -hmm. and ready to engage they're absolutely a sponge i think we use that term quite a bit they just soak it up Um, they immediately gravitate toward each other it kind of age groups but i found with this group that the teens that we had were very brotherly and sisterly toward the younger children. That doesn't always play, 
but this time it did. They really took care and looked after the, because it was as young as eight. Mm -hmm. We go from eight to 18, which is a humongous difference mm -hmm. in attitude and what you know and those kinds of things. So we had several children. It was their very first experience on stage. With adults, the adults come in dragging often. Would you agree, Mita? Mita Tool is here. She's a, <laughs> she is our board president, and she was amazing help for our summer camp. Well, I was going to say, it's so much easier to get them to do stuff because they got snacks in the middle of rehearsals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do adults need snacks? No, yeah, adult, we want snacks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, I'd be much more productive if I had a snack. <laughs> People are like, it's all about working towards a goal, right, Mita? <laughs> Maybe we just came up with a solution just by talking <laughs> we go. about this. No, but you're right. It's like, well, and they, you guys started like two hours earlier than we have in previous years, too, so... That made a difference. The teens had a little hard time that first week because they had just gotten out of school, and instead of being able to sleep in for summer, they had to be here at 8 a.m. Yeah, you started early. We did it because we wanted to be in the air conditioning. Mm -hmm. And the, every June it has been so hot for summer camp that we decided to try it this year at 8 to 12 instead of 10 to 2, which is what we used to do, and see if that made a difference. And I think it did. Also, it eliminated lunch, which meant that it used to cost us a half an hour of rehearsal time because the kids were there for lunch, and you had to give them that time to eat their, their lunch. Yeah, so, so corralling by, children's right, takes time. Sending them home at 12 to get their lunch meant that we didn't lose a half an hour of rehearsal. Yeah. And once the teens woke up, they, they were keeping up with the, the yeah. little ones. I mean, they were ready to go. That's and... Yeah, the second week, it was yeah, no big deal at it all. It was amazing. I, I will say, of the three that we've done, mm -hmm. this one really gelled really quickly. It did. So. Uh, I can I can I can say as somebody who's who's come you know just occasionally popped in of most of the camps we've had, this was the calmest group I've ever seen. Because I walked in and went, this is not even really summer camp because they were all sitting, they were studying, they were working together. I was mm -hmm. like, they were quiet. <laughs> I'm used to chaos ensuing when I walk in the door. So it was just, it was very interesting. I was like, um, this might be, maybe 17 is the exact same number you're supposed to have. Maybe, you know, 30 is bad. But you know what, though? I think the kids were all truly grateful to have this experience again. Because they hadn't had they it. They hadn't years. had it. Right. You know, things had closed and um, opportunities were not there. And some of, you know, as we said, we had a lot where this was their first opportunity. I mean, our eight-year-olds were six when this all started. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and and our 18-year-old was so happy to be back because right. he'd been with us for so many years and was so looking forward to the next year and it never happened. And when he got here, I think we both about cried when we looked <laughs> at each other. Did you know he paid for it himself? That's how much he wanted to be here. Don't make me cry on air. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, that, that breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, that is that is very cool. That is very cool. He wanted to get in there one more time before he aged out, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um so, let's talk about the actual shows. Okay. On on show day, what is it like for the kids? You know, are they like is it the same times or what happened in here? Okay. The first show was on the last day, official day of summer camp, which was Friday the 24th. So we had our regular camp time from 8 to noon. We did a dress rehearsal, 
and I could see that they were a little on the tired side. So after we went through that one dress rehearsal, we just stopped, we played games, we did more improv, things that we had done way back on day one, got everybody's spirits picked back up, everybody's energy level picked back up. They went home for a few hours, came back at six, the show went on at seven. Then on Saturday and Sunday, we did the show at three o'clock and the children came at two and the show was at three. So um, now you had Rick for your sound and lights guy. I so did. he had like an, mm -hmm. he, we all love Rick. And so you had like an up close little position up here. So from, let's talk about the technical aspects. Absolutely. So were they, what, what were the technical aspects like for this kid's show? And as it compares to, you know, um, a, sh uh, a show in the regular season. Okay, so Rick did the sound and lights. So the lights was it was very little. Although Stephen Roberts, who is our usual stage manager during the regular season, came in specifically to focus lights for me. If anything was there was some lights that had been way off on the sides in order to light other areas for previous shows, which I didn't need. So we eliminated those. He hung um, a strobe light for me. We had a strobe light over Pride uh, over Pride Rock. It's actually the gorge where Mufasa and um, Scar That's cool. meet up after the wildebeest have, have almost killed him. Yes, the and denouement. Right, exactly. So there was that as far as lighting. There was some lower lighting occasionally, but mostly it's full light, pretty much full light for a kid's show. Mm -hmm. Whereas with a, a regular show, there could be lots of different mood changes done with lighting depending on what's required in the script, depending on where you are with whatever set that you're using and whatever that scene needs. So it is less of a technical issue. And then they've supplied, Disney supplies, the soundtrack, the accompaniment. And so even though the kids get to listen to vocals, we do it with only the children's vocals, only the campers' vocals. We don't use the track that has the Disney kids on it. We use the bear accompaniment for them and Rick plays all of that. Okay. So he has the script and it says track number 12 and he pushes track 12 and the kids take it from there. <laughs> what about the costumes? Did they design uh, their own or? Somewhat. Uh, I kind of designed how I wanted the villagers to look and then the moms bought the t-shirts and they, they cut the sleeves off and cut the streamers at the bottom. And then I added some African um, fabric to some of them to sp spruce them up a little bit. And then we had a had one uh, parent that did a zebra outfit for one of her girls, and then for the twin, her twin girl, they did um, a parrot. We did a, she did a parrot. So the, the parents uh, contributed quite a bit. I added as much as I had. Having been a dance teacher in the public school system for the previous 18 years, I have a lot of costume and set pieces <laughs> that I've purchased and I've made, and I refuse to throw away. So I bring them in and we use them. Awesome. What an excellent resource. <laughs> what were you what were you doing? Uh, were you just watching during the show or did you have a function backstage, Karen? Um, I was directing. She was, at, conducting. I was conducting. Oh yes. I did conduct. Um, and actually honestly, but by the end, they really didn't need me. I mm. was there I there was one point where I did have to kinda jump in and they all looked at me going, I think something's gone wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going like this, stop, you know, with, with my hands. And they paused, and then when it came time to come back in, I was able to get them back in on time. But for the most part, I was conducting for the first, for all the rehearsals, and the first 
two shows, and by the third one, they were just on autopilot. They were fantastic. Autopilot so, as far as knowing it, but they I, knew I it. think their personality was even the best on the third show. Yes, it was. I mean, they were amazing. And, they, but, but, and there were some that were continuously looking at me. So I knew who, who still needed me to bring them in because they were waiting for me. Those are going to be the best choir kids. Yeah. I mean, ones that actually are, pay attention. They were paying attention and they knew where to look. So that was fantastic that they, they had that skill. But um, yeah, so I was conducting. Awesome. So, all right. So it sounds like it was a very successful venture. It, it sounds like something that you guys want to do again. So let's talk about future shows. What's a future kids uh, show that you'd like to do one day, Patsy? I know you must have talked about it. Well, yeah, we have talked about it. And there's several things out there. Um, put me on the spot a little bit because I'd, I'd have to kind of ask the board before. You can have an opinion. Well, okay. <laughs> all, right. all, all things considered, if you had, didn't have to worry about cast requirements or anything like that, what is a show that you'd really like to do? Because, I mean, we're just going to throw it out there. It's not like it, we, we may never be able to do it, but what's a show that you would really like to do for summer camp? Well, of the ones that are available, <laughs> which, you know, there are some Disney shows that I might like that aren't available as a kid's version yet, right. but I would really like to do Beauty and the Beast. Okay. I don't think that's an option yet because I don't think I there's don't a kid's. I yeah. yeah, I don't think it's a kid's version yet, but I'm, I'm hopeful for it to come up one of these days. I did see that they have Newsies. I have seen that one too, and that one is interesting. I don't, I, I don't particularly, I don't like the show as much as I like the movie. It's very, the show's very different. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got a different story to it than the than the movie does. But. I tend to gravitate towards shows where the children remember and already know the music because that draws them in. I think I think my age under remembers Newsies. I don't know if little kids remember right. Newsies. All right, so. You said you want to do Beauty and the Beast. What's and give us one more. I know this okay. probably have one. All more. right. Well, there is a very large part of me that wants to cater to the kids to do the show that they want to do. In mm -hmm. which case, there is Frozen Kids now. So yeah. that's a possibility. There's Frozen Kids. There's Moana. So those are options that the children are aware of mm -hmm. i hear sean's doing a, a lay uh, up in there and wilson he's doing lay miz i know it's a teen I version know. I'm like, he's got crazy. that big deep stage and uh he well, has a lot of teens i think yeah. willy wonka kids would be fun too he says he, he, every year he um i think they're doing willy wonka jr right now I, I do believe so it's also yeah. an advertisement for that but he he puts in because <clears throat> he works with the the youth groups up in wilson that's that the arts council youth groups so that's all they do, or, well, I shouldn't say that's all they do, but they do young, their shows always have young people in them. But um, he says, I, I put in every year for Les Mis. He said, and every year I get turned down. He said, and the year I finally go, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. They went, hey, you want to do this? <laughs> oh, no. So he's like, hey, everybody, scrap what we had planned. We're doing Les Mis. <laughs> that's fine. Do you think that, that was a way to get him back into it, though? Like, well, we could, you know. Well, it, it was. it's the, the licensing people that wouldn't let him have it. Oh, it wasn't okay. the, the board. He, I mean, he puts in every year, I think, for it, and the licensing wasn't available. And then this year they said, hey, you want to do it? Uh, <laughs> theater politics, another subgenre that we, that we know. <laughs> um, okay, last thoughts on the summer camp before, before oh, we wrap this segment up? Please let me thank the people that helped me because mm -hmm. I did 
nowhere close to do, doing this by myself. Besides Karen, who is here, and Mita, who is here, who did so much promotion for me, tickets, pr programs. Greg Hill was my assistant director, and he's the creative genius be behind the lion headdresses. He built Pride Rock. He did the elephant tusk, mm -hmm. and just great ideas and worked worked himself to the bone i'm like oh my god the, the headdresses alone they were amazing <laughs> were amazing he spoils us i mean every single one of the lions had a different look i mean it was not just like he mass produced these things mm -hmm. and he then made they, sure they all look different and then after he made them his wife amy who was an art major painted them and they were magnificent he and should then, rent his stuff out. He really he, should. Well, that's what I thought, but he generously gave them to each of the lions. Yeah, yeah he decided all the lions, all the, the kids playing the lions. No, no, no. no. He, does, he does the stuff for us for free, but then everybody else has to pay. That's what I meant. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just no, kidding. but he, he, was, he was like, I don't know what to do with these. I don't want to take them home and put them in my, my garage, you know, because it's not uh, climate controlled or anything, and he didn't know what to do with right. it. Right. So he's like, I think I'm just going to give them to the kids, and they all took them home with them. Yeah. So. And I had Gracie Canada backstage. She was the one working like a dog, just moved that heavy spinner every time Pride Rock had to be the gorge or Scar's mm -hmm. Cave, whichever direction it needed to point. So I had lots of help, and I appreciated everyone so much. I was laughing during the shows because I was watching her. She's like trying to see if she could get out there without being seen. And she's yeah. like, nope, Gracie, you're going to be seen. <laughs> She's trying to get. She's trying to get, make a run for it. <laughs> we should have put a mask on her, I guess. Or <laughs> something. Yeah, but she's like, she sneaks around the corner and starts moving that thing just as fast as she could. It was funny. Yeah, I just I wanted to add how. What a joy it was to see how important this program is in terms of theater outreach. Mm -hmm. um, one of the moms, I, I was talking to her afterwards on the front. Um, porch and she said she pointed at her husband she said this is his first play he's ever gone to see mm. he had never seen a play before and I mean we bring people into the theater through their children and hopefully you know that won't be a thing anymore maybe right. you know that maybe they'll come back and experience more because you learn so much about humanity through theater and mm -hmm. And it's such an important part of a community. Right. And because of the children's program, this dad who had never seen a play was brought into the theater and enjoyed seeing a play. And maybe he'll come back and maybe that child will do more theater. And, and a different branch of that is that those teens that worked for us, the they become young adults and hopefully they will right. come back and audition for our regular mm -hmm. season shows because we need young adults well, in our I, plays. Yeah, and I was going to say, um, piggybacking on that, is a lot of our regular season shows are not really, they're long or they don't really hold the attention of young people. But I know that there were quite a few people who brought their kids to come see this show because it's, it was only 45 minutes. There's no intermission. You don't have to worry about getting them back in the seats and focused. And it's something they know and they can follow. And it's, you know, the songs and the fun and the bright colors. And I think we, we did a very good thing because I know for a fact there's at least half a dozen that came to see the show that had no affiliation with the, the theater at all. And they just happened to see it and said, I can take the kids to go see that. Mm -hmm. So. Well, well done. Uh, that uh, that sounds like it was a very successful venture, and it sounds like it's kind of like 
the epitome of what we try to do here at Newsletter Theater, which is like you said, ma'am, you know, community outreach as far as, you know, they're learning valuable lessons, you know, valuable lessons, you know, public speaking, you know, uh, so, socialization, uh, you know, responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, in learning to do something, learning to complete a job on time, you know, and there's just countless skills that they learn. I was very impressed to watch um, some of the kids just sort of, you see them blossom on stage like they suddenly got a taste for it and they're like oh that's gonna get a laugh i can make that bigger <laughs> or yep. you know i can be serious here i could do this you know so yeah I, it was very nice to see them sort of come into their own and throughout real, it and the very shy ones to watch them come out of mm-hmm. the show right. about when you think monday of the second week we mm-hmm. suddenly had a show right yep it was and, go- and it was you work. panic you panic <laughs> that first week you're like oh my goodness and the second week, you, it, toward the end of the first week, you're like, ooh, okay, they're learning the music. This is good. You get into the second week and you get into the serious blocking. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, you know, but then all of a sudden, little bits of genius start coming out of each of these kids. And by Wednesday, you're like, oh, we got something here. <laughs> and it's fantastic. It's great to watch. They learn so much from it. All three of my kids have gone through this program, and I can say that they have learned tremendous things from being involved in theater. Well, that's what we'd like to hear. I have two last-minute shout-outs. Anita Liverman helped me paint the, all the backdrops, and then, of course, I want to thank Ruth Mills, who got me into this years mm-hmm. ago, or else I probably you, wouldn't Ruth. have been here. So I'm grateful. All right. Thank you both for being here. Well, you guys, you guys did an excellent job. That was an excellent overview, and it's going to be really exciting to guy uh, for people to hear that you on our first episode back from a break. Uh, thank you for dealing with the heat, ladies. Uh, I know as it went on, it got a little bit easier, but it's still pretty hot up here. So I thank you for dealing with that. Um, we hope to have you uh, guys back next year when we talk about the summer camp, whatever that show is going to be. Sounds thank- good. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. All right. Before we sign off today, we are going to give a quick recap of the annual Canon Award Ceremony. That is uh, our award ceremony where we kind of pat, it, pat ourselves on the back and where we uh, congratulate our volunteers and the people who keep the hut running. It's a cool little ceremony. It went well this year. Um, let's see. We're going to recap the awards here in a second. But overall, Mita, how did you think the ceremony went? I think it went really smooth, yeah. amazingly enough. Uh, everything went as according to the plan and schedule and the outline and things seemed to have gone really well. Well, you did a great job on the slides. I had like three jokes about the slides uh, going into it, but they went flawlessly, so I couldn't use any of them. I was MC for the second half of it, and it, it worked. Re- I thought it worked okay. I'm sure there's areas I could improve, but it was my first time. Uh, but overall, I was kind of happy with it. it was- yeah, and it's just you're the 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 what is it the train conductor making sure everything moves along and it's on time yeah pretty much is all the mc does no hiccups all the all the right awards were given to the right people amazingly enough yes <laughs> first try yeah um all right and yeah it, carol carol harper was pretty paranoid about that she's like <laughs> that's why steven was there to to yeah. make sure steven steven looks before he hands it off too because he's like he would have been a few years where it was wrong <laughs> <laughs> I hear this last year we're going to be able to do it in, in the Gregory Vineyards. It is. Um, they are planning on 
changing that to offices, I believe. So we may not have access to that next year. That sucks. I like that venue. I do too. I don't know where else we'd go though too, because there's not everything's either too like too small or way too big. Sean said something about Hennett, uh, Hennett Family Vineyards. Uh, they're in Pine Level. Yeah, but I think they do. I think Hennett is well. I'm not sure. I I don't think I've ever been to Hennett, so I don't know. Well, that's next year's problem. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a Nancy Gibbs problem, too. <laughs> <laughs> and she did a great job this year. Everybody, all you guys did great. It's, it's, it, uh, Mita, Mita has a job to do. That's part of the reason why we took June off is to give Mita enough times to produce, quote unquote, the cannons. That means do the clips, do the DVDs, do the slides. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, there's a whole lot of me going, what? I don't even remember the show. What, what part can I, I don't, ugh. Do I have yeah. to watch the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of editing. It's just a lot of waiting and say, is this the right uh, clip and all that? And you do the best you can, and I thought it was great. There's a there's a heck of a lot of award ceremonies that don't even bother with any type of video clips at all. That's true. We we are special in that way. So um, I think it, I think it adds something, and it, it seems. I mean, and it's been you know almost a, a nine months since the first show of the season yeah. so you know people need to be reminded of what they look like and people, sometimes people don't see every show so it's nice to kind of see what they missed everybody gets a kick kick out of it it's a plus to the show every year because people because people forget and they're like oh yeah yeah i remember that yeah it works every time and i always try and find the stupidest picture or the dumbest clip right usually <laughs> right so let's go down to let's go down the tech awards first uh let's see best special effects went to explorers club that's probably for the glasses. I'm oh. pretty sure that's for the bar. The yeah. bar, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, for best hair and makeup, that went to the Explorers Club, and that's kind of like because it was Victorian. That means you actually, when it comes to the hair, you actually kind of have to try. Um, <laughs> well, and, and you had a blue person. That too. The blue person helped the makeup, and that's pretty much why we got made. Yeah. And FYI, Nicola, have your gift. I have your certificate for yes, your. Yes, uh... you do. You do deserve that, Nicole. You worked very hard for that. She certificate. was going. Where's my certificate? I think Abby took the envelope home. <laughs> I gave it to Abby. So Nicole, you can blame me for that. I gave it to Abby. Um, costumes. Uh, this is uh, this is the stuff that people wear on stage. And for those of you that don't know. God, I hope people know what costumes are. <laughs> um, uh, Explorers Club won that. And I, was, I think that was solely for uh, Alyssa's costume. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> her, especially her Andromache costume, uh, yes. her Victorian flowy dresses. Absolutely. Uh, best lighting. Best lighting uh, uh, did go to the Outsiders. Yes, the Outsiders. Yes. And uh, best. And that doesn't surprise me because Tony works really hard on lighting. I know. I mean, everybody else was just pretty much lights up, lights down mostly. So um, yeah, and he he had a whole lot of mood lighting. So. And then we had Best Scenic Design. Again, that was Explorers Club. We felt pretty sure that was a lot because <laughs> we had a very impressive set. But we honestly, I thought that, that The Outsiders was very impressive, too. I thought I they could have easily snagged it. I don't think it was as close as you might think it was, but I really thought they'd get, I thought it would be closer. If I, so. Yeah, I thought the graffiti designs would, would, uh, would help them out a lot. Best sure direction. Giant went, rhino head that got put you over the top. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because I was just like, if I I I usually win best set every year. I've won it like four or five years, and um, it's usually the only thing I win. I'm like, if I lose best set this year out of the best set I've ever done, that's gonna be crazy. Ah. Um, uh, best direction uh, that was Tony. That's no surprise there. What he did with the kids with the outsiders is obviously uh, was very successful. So. 
I thought I was going to go to you too because you had a lot to deal with with your show and producing the cannons and. Oh, all... you don't take that into I know, account. but <laughs> yeah, sure, 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 sure. Gotcha. These awards are are voted on by the board, and so these are not. Uh, the cannons are done completely differently than these. These are all board voted, and so they tend to sort of skew a certain way as opposed to what the cannons do. Mm-hmm. So they're always there is a different breed of animal when we do the tech awards. So, yeah. um, but it also makes sense because the board is more savvy to the the technical aspect of shows, whereas I think your folks who come to see it and would be the canon committee probably would not recognize as much of the technical stuff as other people do or as the people who are involved with the theater do. Um, Now for the special awards, uh, those are like our uh, Volunteer of the Year Award. uh, We have Newcomer of the Year, Out of the Limelight, Volunteer of the Year, and President's Award. So let's start from the top. So Newcomer of the Year was? That would be Summer, Mm -hmm. Summer Vaughn, because she not only came and took on a huge role in Outsiders, she was Johnny, which is a major role, a pivotal role to the show, as her first time ever on stage. Um, she came back and helped backstage with Trip to Bountiful. Yeah, yeah. So, and had to put up with Steven. <laughs> and that deserves an award in and of itself. And quite honestly, she, uh, she, she was so sweet and everything. She would come in every night with a flower and make him wear it. And he would just go, fine. <laughs> he, she was determined to break him. She was. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm playing, I, you're zigging and I'm zagging. <laughs> she wore him down every night. It was funny. It was hysterical. She goes, I got you a new flower. He's like, oh my God. She, it was probably just like a lark on the first time. And then he's like, he's like I'm going to do it every single night now. <laughs> yeah. She says, I stole them from people's yards. She was just like, she would walk. No, she had the line of the night. She had the funniest line of the night. Uh, when she went up and se- accepted her award, and she goes like, the f- "Thank you, I stole the, the flowers from people's yards," and then she just <laughs> left. I thought that was hilarious. Pretty much sums up Summer's personality too. She was, her, that was funnier than anything I said the whole night. Um, so uh, then, out of the limelight, out of the limelight, that was that went to Luke Dontremont, mm-hmm. who did lights and sound for uh, Outsiders. Because he had never run lights and sound before. And Tony's shows are not easy. He's got a lot of crossfading. And his music has to be spot on. Because he (laughs) does some crazy stuff with musical undertures or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, God bless him. And he was up here. And his parents, one of his parents was up here every night helping him. Quote, unquote. And one night, it was very funny. Because I think it was Jennifer. I'm going to call her out and throw under the bus. She decided that it needed to be sooner whatever the cue was and she's like he's like no no and she goes no it's do it now do it now so he did it and tony comes back and goes what's going on he goes well mom told me to do it and she goes so tony kicked her out of the or luke may have kicked her out of the tech booth so she wasn't allowed to help him anymore because she was (laughs) so i was like that's some confidence right Mm -hmm. there i mean not only did he do a great job he uh, he was he he was willing enough to kick out older you know people parents too but like, like, no this is this is here I, I got Here's my right. stuff I'm good yeah yeah all right and then there's uh, volunteer of the year volunteer of the year went to Greg Hill basically because Greg was involved with every single show but because of COVID and his family he was not able to be in anything so he really he I mean I think you may have come to see a couple of shows closer to the end of the season but he couldn't even come and watch really cuz he couldn't be in a room full of people because uh health issues and it's, it's someone in his family is immune immunocompromised and he couldn't take it home in case he got it so he he sort of stayed 
isolated quite a bit. But he would come up here and he would paint, set, or build something. He's built the box for Never Too Late. He built a lot of stuff for Explorers Club. He stained the walls for Explorers Club. Um, he helped do the uh, fire barrel for Outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, he got us the chain link fence for outsiders he helped build set a little bit as long as he could sort of be ice you know distance mm-hmm. from people and stuff so he worked on a, a few of the sets he worked on some stuff while we weren't here he would come in during the week and work on things so he just he went above and beyond basically to uh to help out where he could when he when he could when he knew he couldn't be here and be on stage and do a show so i felt he deserved it so all right, and then uh, you had your President's Award. I did. Mine is the one that I get to pick solely, and I gave it to Carol Harper because she is our coordinator for our Canon Award Committee. She's the one. I don't know if I explained that well during the meeting um, <clears throat> or during the award ceremony. She's the only one who knows who all of the committee members are. They don't even know who each other are. She... Um, works with them, gets them to commit. They have to commit to coming to every single show. They're usually long-time season members. Um, They can't have any affiliation to anyone who's going to be on stage. Um, Sometimes they do, but they've proven themselves non-biased about things. Um, But it's very rare. But she's the Carol's the only one, and she has to make sure that when the votes come in, she gets them all back, they get out on time, the ballots get out on time, they come back to her on time. She has to hunt them down occasionally. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is not a job I want. So I felt she needed to be recognized for, uh, for you know, heading that up. So I don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. One last thing for Mita. If you, if you take uh, things that Mita has to do away, she'll give you an award. Just remember that. <laughs> That's pretty much it. So come take one of my jobs and I might award you with There something. you go. Um, all right, moving on to the actual uh, acting awards, the Canon Awards. Well, we have a lifetime membership. Oh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't <laughs> mention that because because I didn't know who it was going to be until until the day of. Right. Um, I I tried to keep that really big on the down low because uh, it uh try to keep it super secret. The lifetime membership is nominated and voted on by the current lifetime members. Um. So it's sort of a exclusive club, if you will. And the person and the the speech I gave, I really thought since I was doing it, everybody would know who was the the, the award winner. But uh, I didn't know until you started the clips. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, he's worked with every set construction since he started uh, consistently with the theater. He actually was in a show in 1993, Little Abner. And then he was in a show in 2000 that nobody remembers him being in except Nancy. That's where he got his name Creepy from. And then in 2007, he joined with the Sunshine Boys. And uh, he's been our stage manager pretty much ever since for almost every show. And he works on every single set for construction. He's always backstage. He, uh, he's, he's done just about everything in the building. During the pandemic, he helped organize and clean I shouldn't say clean. He didn't really clean. I cleaned, but he was here with me when I cleaned <laughs> and he built me shelves and he put up with me all of my crazy whims during all that. But Stephen Roberts got the lifetime member and, uh, well-deserved. So, yeah, that was when I, when, when his name was nominated, the response from most of the lifetime members was it's about damn time. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. 
Uh, so congrats to Steven and all the special award winners there. I think it was a good mix. You know, and it's not that, it's just people, it's mostly people who are helping out behind the scenes, you know? I mean, yep. we like to try to uh, recognize them as much as possible because they're the people that keep this place going. All right, going into the acting awards. And we always need new blood. So yeah. Come, come join the theater. And I would like to play as, as uh, I would like to point out, as far as new blood goes, out of the acting award winners, two out of the uh, five winners are brand new people. Well, technically six, but. Six, yes, we did have a tie. So let's get to that. So best cameo. Well, and the, the, the specialty awards, two of them were brand new too. Yeah. Luke had never, no, Luke had been on our stage before, but he had never worked backstage before. Mm-hmm. And Summer had never been in the theater Yeah, before. Summer was new. Uh, so for best cameo, we actually did have a tie. We had uh, Reggie won it for Never Too Late, and he was a cop and a doctor in that show. And Bethany uh, Buchholz mm-hmm. won for... Uh, uh, till Beth to a spark, and uh, well deserved. Uh, we have ties every now and then. Pretty sure it was our flamenco dress that won it for. Okay, so should've, should've, that should have got an honorable mention. Yes, the dress. <laughs> the uh, I'm sure it was the uh, tango scene. Yes, yes, that clinched it for her. So well deserved. All right, so and then uh, best supporting actor went to David Holtz from the Explorers Club. Uh, that was one a highlight for the evening. I was very proud that David got that. Um, he did a great job. It was definitely his his hamster speech when his hamster died uh, off stage, and he lamented lamented the passing of it that probably cinched it for him. But his whole performance was great, and he and David's new, and uh, we hope he comes back and uh, does some future shows with us. And then uh, best supporting actress for the third year in a row went to Mary Lee Hamilton. Yep. <laughs> and uh, she won for Never Too Late. And no, I do have to say, with some, some space, uh, after not seeing it for an entire season, when I was looking at the clips and stuff, that scene with her and Sean on the couch is sure. pretty hysterical. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And because uh, she, she said in her speech that they had done that previous scene so many times in other plays that they had gotten really good at it to become old hat, I believe is the phrase she used. But yes, um that that it also it uh, you assure me this is not the case but uh the first couple of years i was at the canons i was kind of convinced that whoever voted on the acting awards looked at just the clips maybe not had been to every show nope because but if you look at the clips usually the best clip is the is the winner of the canon award usually usually <laughs> it's weird um let's see then for best actor uh, another highlight of the evening for me is it went to uh uh, Rand, uh, Randall Lawrence Hurt. He played Percy in the Explorers Club, and I thought that was well deserved. Uh, I mean, I, he was in my show, so I am biased, but I, <laughs> I, um, I thought Tony might snag it from him. To be honest, it was a tougher. The like usually the actresses are the tough, really, really tough categories. The best actor was pretty tough mm-hmm. this year too. It was every single every single one of them uh, did a great job. And then finally, for Best Actress, uh, we had uh, Nancy Gibbs won for Never Too Late. So, um, we took a breather, and then we came back for Best Show. So, as it stood, I think it was like Explorers Club with six, uh, The Outsiders with three or four, and Never Too Late with two. So, those were the standings as uh, when I went up there to pre- present Best Show. And when I opened up the uh, envelope, I was surprised to see Never Too Late because it had only won like two of the awards. So, that just goes to show you people... That just because you do well in the previous awards doesn't mean you'll win the final Best Show award. So 
That's it, it's nice that they're unpredictable. I was a little surprised, but it's nice that they're unpredictable. <laughs> well, and I mean, it got two of the five acting awards. So yeah, three. Well, best uh, best cameo, sh- best supporting actress, and best actress. Oh, it did. Yeah, I keep forgetting Reggie was in Never Too Late. So yeah, yeah they got three out of the five. So. so I was wrong when I said two. It was up for three. So it was. I mean, it, it was. Just, it was. It was a toss up. It really is. Uh, I was. I, I could have seen any of the shows winning. Well, there was a year. Wasn't there a year? Where like Misery won, and it, it, that was like the only one it won for, was just Best Show. Um, Misery won the year. Used to it was the board that decided Best Show, and we decided that wasn't really fair, as far as that goes, um, because conflicting like, interest. Kind of, because what you ended up with is the the board does it. They're going to vote for the show they were in or the show. They did the most work for, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't really because the board is an acting board. They actually work the shows. They don't. They're not just sitting there making decisions. They actually are involved with the theater on a day-to-day basis. So a lot of times you ended up with if you had five board members in a show, that show's going to win because that's the show they were all in. Yeah. So they're going to vote for that one. So we decided that wasn't really fair. So we needed to give it over to the canon committee. And the problem was the year misery was involved. We forgot to tell the canon committee <laughs> that they needed to vote. We thought they understood that was in like implied when we talked to who was it was Vicky White who was in charge of it then, and she didn't understand that she needed to add that, and so we didn't have a best winner or a best show because the board didn't vote and the canon committee didn't vote. So we did a ballot at the canons. Interesting. So it was pretty much whoever could round up the best, the most votes. Ah. <laughs> I don't remember, and the the thing is, Misery only had two people in it, so it really couldn't have taken a whole lot of awards to begin with. There was, there's only two people. There were only two people in the you show. You just see people just sprinting across the tables and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that, Sp- talking to each other's ear. Oh my gosh! So, yeah, as you as they came in to check in, they were asked to vote for best show, and so uh, Misery took it because that was how you know just more people voted for it at the door. Interesting. Well, it was a successful year, and now we head into our 48th season. We've got yep. five brand new shows. Uh, they're up up there online. They are going to be A Murder is Announced in September. Which is Agatha Christie Murder Mystery. Yep, and then there is Boeing Boeing, Boeing, Boeing which, which is, is a translation from a French farce. Yep. Uh, that's in November. Monte Carlo. Which it, is sort of a drama more than yeah. a... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of those be careful what you wish for plays. Uh, well, it's 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 really, um, I read it finally because I was like, you know, I should probably read that. <laughs> but it's a it's it's more of a memory play where she's thinking back uh, on her life as, gotcha. with her mother. Um, she wins the lottery and then she convinced her mother to go off to Monte Carlo with her and they spend all of this time together. And she just realizes that her relationship with her mother was a lot more than day-to-day bickering you know that they had originally so that's our february play and then we have your show in uh april and that's things my mother taught me this one which is a little rom-com type thing right and then as our season finale we have my show the man who shot liberty valance so five very interesting shows we're going to get more in depth on them uh, just like we did the previous year that's the plan anyway and uh we will have more episodes for you we're coming up on our 50th anniversary uh our 50th episode here and we will have guests that have been on the show before but not in a very long time <laughs> and uh I've, I've already talked to them about it <laughs> so we're looking forward to that and uh 
we might have one or two episodes that is uh that is just kind of a filler like a, a movie talk episode or something like that just because uh, it's summer and we don't get going until we don't have auditions for the next show until the end of july so we have some content to fill here and there but um we thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed our first show back from the break this should go up on uh saturday july 2nd and we hope you enjoy listening all right for news little podcast i'm matt that's mita hello bye bye credits for the show your host and creator is matt gore that's me my producer and editor is Mita Tool. That's me. Music is by Cody Walker. Uh, please go look up Cody on uh, Cody Walker Music on YouTube. And he's also on Cody Walker Music on Facebook as well. He's local, so uh, and he's got a couple of albums out. You know, uh, easy listening, John, John Denver type of uh, guitar voice, that Cody Walker. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.